Is this thing coming through here? No? No. Should I just speak up? Oh, there it goes. I'm, now I'm hearing it. Thanks, Jasper. You're awesome. So, uh, Steve's on vacation. So you sent in the pitch hitter. That's, that's me. Um, and so I decided to cheat. See, see last week I did service at the, at the lake. And uh, I told the kids I was going to do this. I, I taught on, on Romans 12, 9 last week. I thought, man, it's an easy A, you know? It's great. God works in mysterious ways. And he said, yeah, it's not going to be that easy there, slugger. So as I was preparing for this sermon, I thought, oh, no, I don't need to prepare too much for it. Just open the book up again, take my notes from last week. My notes disappeared somewhere to never find themselves again. I'll find them actually an hour after I get off the podium here tonight, today. Uh, but God said, no, I want you to preach on those verses, but I have a new message for you. Cool. I <laughs> love new messages. So you guys ready? I'm actually going to talk to you Christians. Make some of you uncomfortable. Probably. Hopefully. Maybe make some of you proud. Maybe tell some of you you're doing a good job. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The, the message title is Behave, Behaving Like a Christian. And that, that's not my words, by the way. That's in my Bible. I just stole it right out of the Bible. I'm, a, I'm an easy guy here. Right? So what does a Christian look like? Is there something different about us? Physically? Are we all short? We're all tall? We all fat? We all skinny? We all bald? Dion, talking to you. I, I wouldn't be preaching if I didn't say a hair joke for Dion, sorry. Is there something about us that's different than other folks? Or do we look pretty much the same as other folks and we just kind of go about our business? What does a Christian look like? Think about that for a second, guys. What sets us apart? What makes us different? Are we different? We're still human, right? We're still tempted like humans. That, that hasn't changed. The temptation is still there for us. We still go to work. We, we, we all raise children. Well, some of us, right? Some of us raise children. Some of us are watching our children, children raise children. But what does that look like? What does a Christian look like? And I, as I was going through this sermon today or this week, I was trying to figure that out. Um, a few years ago, some of you guys may know, some of you may not, I used to work for the Navy. I was a contractor prior to, uh, or after, before I got out, or I got out of the Navy, then I went to work for the Navy. Um, as a contractor for survival, I worked for the Navy SEALs, and uh, not a SEAL, no, not a SEAL, just worked for the Navy SEALs uh, as, a, as a survival instructor for those guys. Um, and they're, as you can imagine, SEALs and survival instructors for SEALs tend to be rough and tumble, pretty rough, you know, kind of rough around the edges. And uh, we were working... Uh, a pretty late shift, and we were doing some pretty dangerous stuff with the, with the students, and, and you know the tensions were kind of high, and this is going to be hard for some of you to, to, to understand, but I said something that wasn't Christian. <laughs> I won't say what it was, because this is going out on the internet. <laughs> and, and another fellow, a friend of mine, turned to me and he said, dude, Christians don't say that. Now, mind you, this guy... <laughs> was not a Christian. I mean, very much not a Christian. Like, 
almost atheistic and used to make fun of me all the time and, and used to make fun of Jesus all the time. But he's like, that's not what a Christian says. And so I ask you, what did I look, why did I look differently? What, what about me made him judge me and say, that's not what a Christian is? There's something about us Christians that look differently. So let's get in our reading. Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 9 through 13. We'll probably go farther, maybe. And I'm going to jump around into Corinthians a little bit. I'm going to jump around to 1 John. But let's go to Romans 12. I'm going to read the whole thing here. Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. So that's what Paul the Apostle says a Christian, when, when we do these things, we're behaving like a Christian. Okay? We go for, further to talk about enemies and all that stuff. But let's concentrate on this. Let's look at the first verse, right? Let love be without hypocrisy. Certainly, love is not just a Christian thing, right? We use love all the time, don't we? We love pizza. We love our babies. We love a Sunday afternoon nap. I'm looking forward to one myself, right? Is it, that's not foreign to those that don't know who Christ is, right? The type of love, maybe. So everybody go to 1 John, or if you want to go to 1 John, go ahead. If not... That's okay, too. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren, for the brethren. He, Jesus Christ, laid his life down. Uh, Mike did an awesome job today of describing that. He came down. He, he laid aside his godship down to become human, to be tempted, to live, all those things that, that make humans, right? All the, all the gnarly stuff that human beings have, right? We won't go, I, I wish you could be in my mind. You'd be like, whoa, don't say that. I'm getting better. Normally I just say it. And we, we, just go, we just go with it. But I'm getting better, you guys. Yet he lived that life, and it was perfect, sinless, according to the law, law of Moses. He lived... Lived all that stuff, right? And then he obediently allowed himself to be crucified. Mind you, what, what do we say? What do we hear in the Gospels? He could have brought a legion of angels at any moment to stop all that nonsense, right? He still had, he still retained those those rights as God, right? But he didn't. As a matter of fact, in the garden, he was praying so hard just before he went forward to go. To go uh, be crucified, to be, tor- to be uh, uh, tortured, and all that stuff that we that we read about. But he was praying so hard that drops of blood were coming off his head. He knew what he was going to face, you guys. And he and he said, "Father, take this cup from me." That's the human. See that that right there is m- the most human thing that Jesus ever said. I don't want to go through this. I know what's going to happen. I don't want to do it. So if you will, take it from me, is what he says, right? I'm begging you. Have you guys gone through those things? 
Those, those, those trials that you're gonna, you know are going to be terrible, right? And you're just praying, God, take it away from me. God, heal me. Heal that broken child of mine. God, take away this thing, right? And there's Jesus doing the same thing that we do. He's human like us. Doing the same thing. And a moment, a second later, what does he say? Not my will, but yours. That's obedience. See, right there. And love. Because he's not just being crucified for no reason. He's being crucified for you, us, all of us, everybody, the whole entire world. Another thing about love, John 3.16, the Gospel of John. For God so loved the earth, the world, that he gave his only begotten son. So what is love? Is it a different form of love? And the answer is absolutely different. The love that God shows us, the love that Jesus shows us, the love that the, the Father in heaven shows us is sacrificial, isn't it? There's an element of sacrifice to it. Let love be without hypocrisy. In the ESV, it says, let love be genuine. So God tells us what genuine love is. Genuine love has an element of sacrifice to it. For God gave everything. Jesus gave that very life that he lived. So that we should live. Wow. So how do we, how do we love without hypocrisy? How do we love genuinely? Everybody go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Some of you guys will know this is the love chapter, right? I've heard this chapter at... Weddings over and over and over. It's awesome. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. What's the one thread in there that just kind of leaps off the page? Love is unselfish. Unselfish. It's selfless, right? It doesn't look for its own way. It's not arrogant. It doesn't get irritable. How many of you guys get irritable? I get irritable, right? Oops. <laughs> and when I get irritable, you know what God reminds me? You're supposed to love. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I win that battle. Sometimes, most times, I lose that battle. And then I remind myself that Jesus died for that sin, too. And we try not to do it again, right? Right? That's love. Why even try? The answer is love. Because we want to show love to the God that loved us the most. Unselfish love. So, live, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. I need to kind of open those things up. Because really, how do we know genuine love well, God says, look, look, abhor the, hate the evil and love and cling and, and hold fast to the good. So everybody, really quick, run to Galatians, because we got a laundry list of stuff there. Love Galatians. 
So there's a, there's a list of things that tells us what evil and good is, right? So evil. Now the works of the flesh are, are evident. Whoa, my eyes just... Okay. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolat- uh, sor- adultery, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you be beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, the threat of that is selfishness. All those are selfish things, selfish things. I want, my body needs, I, I crave this, I desire this, I'm tempted by this. And so when we do those things, we, when we're not hating what's hate, uh, uh, evil, which is, are those things, right? We're doing that because we want those things. We want to be selfish. But that's not what love is, right? That's not what hip, un, uh, hypocritical love is. That's not what, what the love that Jesus showed us. He was very unselfish in these things. So let's read what the Spirit says. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Why did Paul throw that in there? Against such there is no law. As I was reading that today, just going over my notes, I said, that, that flashed in front of me. Why, why did he put that in there? And what I heard was, because we're supposed to practice it over and over and over, there's nothing stopping you from practicing love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and gentleness and all those cool fruits of the Spirit, right? And by the way, hating what ev- what's evil and clinging to what is good, that's not... That goes against our nature as humans, doesn't it? It goes against who we are. It goes against our sin nature, right? And so you got to practice it, don't you? you got to cling to that. Notice those verbs, those words that, that, that Paul said, cling to what is good. Hold on to that as hard as you can. Because what we want to do is we want to go with the hate, with the anger, with the jealousy. We want, to, we want our way, don't we? Like Burger King, you, you, we want it our way. We want the special sauce and all that other stuff that goes on there. But God says cling to it. Cling to good. Cling to the joy. Cling to the peace. And you know what? You know when you, you, know when you have the most peace? When your world's coming apart. That's when peace looks the brightest. You know when you have most joy? when you're crying with a fellow believer because they're weeping at the loss of a loved one, at a daughter that just passed away. That's when joy looks the brightest, doesn't it? When you're kind in the face of an enemy, when someone's yelling at you, when you got... when your car breaks down and you don't know how you're going to get it fixed today, but you got to be at work tomorrow. That's when joy, that's when peace looks the best, huh? It's the brightest picture of it. Is that our natural response? No. You've got to practice those things. And, of course, rely on the Holy Spirit. There's always that, isn't there? Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. 
The ESV says, outdo one another in giving honor. It's a contest. (laughs) Right? Can you imagine Sunday morning at 1020, front door, there's no ushers, and we're all holding the door for one another. We'll be out there for hours, outdoing one another. No, no, you first, you first, you first. No, no. Somebody get in the church. we got to have a church. Right? Do we do that? This church does that well, don't we? Yeah. Let's be proud, yeah? Puff up, yeah. Because that's love. No, no, that's not love. All churches should do that well, and they probably all do that well. Right? Give honor to one another. Outdo one another in honor. Let me make someone squirm here real quick. Do you have a seat in this church? Yeah, always sit that seat. What if someone came new? Who's here for the first time today? First timers. Sir, that seat where my wife is, is the best seat in the house. The acoustics are perfect. The singing just comes right there, and like God just loves that seat. You can sit in our seat. When's the last time we did that? Right? Would would you come back? Are you going to come back now? No, no. (laughs) Certainly not. But see, that's what, that's what God's telling us to do, man. He's telling us to just absolutely love on one another until we just can't stand it. Be kind. Be affectionate. Greet each other with a holy kiss. Some of you, if I walked up to kiss, if I walked up to kiss Craig, he'd punch me. <laughs> and that brings me to the other point. How many of you guys are lovable? See, there's a flip side to that. God's telling me to love you like no other. Give you preference. But how many times my brother and I, my brother Danny, my my middle brother, he is a jerk. (laughs) No, he's not. He's actually my favorite brother. And my brother, him and I used to fight over who would get the check at the dinner. When we, as adults, go out to dinner and I want to bless him and honor him. He said, no, 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 I got it. And I used to say, no, no, I got it. No, 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 I got it. And, I got it. and you know what happened after about five minutes of that crap? Can you say crap in the pulpit? <laughs> I asked for your grace. And now you're definitely not going to come back, are you? <laughs> I would, after five minutes, the rest of the family's going, well, this is no good. All the blessing, the dinner, all the conversation we had, that's all wiped out. Good job, guys, you know. And you know what I learned? Let him take it. Because he wants to bless me. And so I need to allow him to bless me. How about some of you guys? Will you allow me to bless you and show you preference and love on you? Come over to your house and mow your lawn? Maybe do some drywall, Tyson? Right? We dropped everything. That, when I found out that Tyson needed drywall done, I had to go work, right? But I said, Jen, could you take the kids over there and just do whatever it needs to, to be done, you know? 
Because a year earlier, the pastor and a bunch of you guys dropped everything and helped me build a yurt platform. If you don't know what a yurt is, we live in one. It's a glorified tent. It requires a platform. And without heating and electricity, it's cold. (laughs) But not at this church, because this church blesses the socks off a person when they're cold and when they're hungry. And all churches, by the way, in Lincoln County. And Spokane and Stevens and probably the... Probably America, maybe Jerusalem, part of Syria. The whole church does, right? Amen? Because God asks all of us, whether we're Americans or Chinese or Koreans, ask all of us to love, let love be without hypocrisy. And that's what we're going back to, right? I love this. Fervent in spirit, not lagging in diligence. The ESV says slothful in zeal. Don't be slothful in zeal, right? Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually steadfastly in prayer. Rejoicing in hope. What's the hope we got? Jesus. The hope we got is that when our time to go home or his time to call us home is we're going to go home, right? So do we live like that today? See, that's what God's, that's really what Paul the Apostle, when he wrote this in Romans, that's what he's really talking about. Is, is are we loving one another? Are we giving preference to one another? Are we praying? Are we fervent in the spirit? Are we beating each other to the race of helping one another? By the way, you know how to know if someone needs help? Ask, listen, sit down in the pew. Hey, how you doing? Terrible. <laughs> Why? Why are you terrible? My gout's acting up. Oh, well, let's pray over your gout. Simple, right? How are you doing? Terrible. Why are you terrible? My car won't work. What can I do? I know nothing about mechanics, but Dion will do it. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got missionaries coming on Wednesday. They need tires. I don't own a tire shop, but I got a checkbook. I'll get them. Yeah, tires, absolutely. I don't have much, but what I have, according to the word that we're just preaching, is theirs. Amen? Whatever I have is yours. You just tell me what you need. Why can I make a bold bold claim like that? Because I'm looking at your faces, you guys, and I know the same is the truth. Whatever I have need of is mine. You're going to give it to me. You're going to bless me when I need. Holly, praying for you all the time because that's what I can do for you. And you need it. I know that. Absolutely. Some of your children come to my youth group. You know why? You know why we have youth group? Because you need it. Their children need it. Do I like kids? Not really. (laughs) They're icky. They've got germs. And I'm going to catch a winter cold that's going to beat, beat the pants off me. And I'm going to catch a spring cold. And we're going to go to a concert. Do I want to go to a concert? No, not really. Do I want to plan these cool vit? No. You know, you know the kids are dragging me in October to get air. You ever heard of this place? Whoever invented this is a masochist, right? You go to a place and the floor is trampolines. The walls are trampolines. And they've got dodgeballs. So not only are you bouncing... Off the walls, but they're throwing stuff at you. 
but I'm going to do it, and I'm going to look like I'm having fun because your kids deserve that because they need to be blessed that way, don't they? They deserve that blessing. And Clay's coming with me because I'm not doing it alone, Clay. <laughs> distributing to the needs of the saint, this is verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saint, given to hospitality. Are you given to hospitality? And are you allowing yourself to be taken to hospitality? Give and take, you guys. That's what, that's what Christians look like, isn't it? How do you know we're Christians? We love. We love to sacrifice. We love beyond measure. We love. That's what a mark of a Christian looks like. That old song, how they know we're Christian. By our love. By our love. Father, thank you. Thank you for showing us love. Beyond measure, Lord Jesus. You gave your life for us. Freely is what your word says. You showing us showed us amazing grace, Lord. And then all we have to do, God, is just accept it and just say we love you and that you're Lord of our lives and that we believe that you are that you were resurrected, which means that. If you were resurrected, you, you were accepted as a sacrifice in our place, Lord. And we thank you, because that is true. That is the truth, Lord. That's why we're all here this morning, to honor and glorify you, because you are deserving. You are the lamb who is worthy, Lord. And so, God, thank you. Thank you for being worthy. Thank you for, being, for loving us enough to, to climb to be crucified and be held there by not nails, Lord, but love. And so, God, as we go, go forward this week, let us remind ourselves of that continually. Be, be that God that just taps us on the shoulder and says, I love you, and help us to love those, God. Love those that are unlovable. Or if we don't know how to love, Lord, tell us what that looks like. Show us what that looks like, Lord, this week. Be with us, Lord. So I pray, God, that as we go forward in the mission field, that you would remind us and love us, be an example of a, to us, Lord, and remind us how to love. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.